everyone out in podcast land. This is your host, Ambrosia. And today we have a special guest. It me, Nariba. Hi. And today's episode of the original Designated Drinkers, the podcast where we dive deep into drinking one libation at a time. And today's podcast is brought to you by Tattersall Distilling with Marcus Reedy. Hello. Hey, Marcus. Hi. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming. And so today we're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, we don't have our trusty sidekick Severin today, but we've got, dare I say, better? I don't know. That's that's between you and your mans. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to just uh, tell us a, a quick sentence about yourselves? Hi, um, my name's Dariba Shepard. I am a 31-year-old Aries, and I uh, like when other people cook food for me. Mm, you, the hear, end. you hear that, everyone? <laughs> Slide into our DMs and let us know if you want to cook. But you have to cook for me and my boyfriend. Sorry. Yeah, full disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about Tattersall <gasps> distilling. How's it going, Marcus? It is going wonderful. Wonderful. It's Thanks a for beautiful day today. It is. It's mm-hmm. so lovely. So can you tell us a little bit about Tattersall? Sure. Um, Started by a former bartender uh, out of the Twin Cities, Dan Oski, and uh, his business partner, John Creedler, uh, about six, seven years ago. Um, really, the whole concept of Tattersall is to create products to be in the hands of bartenders. Mm. So we have a really big portfolio that has a lot of liqueurs, or as we call them, modifiers, um, we do some really beautiful base spirits as well. And then we've started to get into these uh, RTDs or ready to drink um, category. Uh, really, the concept is all naturally colored, naturally flavored. Um, we don't really like to cut corners. We kind of want to kind of reinvent styles or at least um, be a little innovative with styles. Um, we have a cocktail bar attached to our distillery in the Twin Cities. Hey. So a lot of the inspiration for what we produce comes from the cocktail bar. Um, The laws in Minnesota, it's probably similar in Illinois as well, are that you can't really sell things that you don't make on site from your cocktail bar. From my understanding, that is the same in Illinois. We're we're considered a tasting room. So because we're all cocktail nerds, um, we needed to make products like like a Campari substitute. We Mm -hmm. call bitter orange in order to make Negronis or... You know, we do uh, an orange carousel, essentially, an orange liqueur in order to make a whole plethora of different drinks. So So what do you have for us to start tasting with today? Let's start with one of the ready-to-drinks. What's your experience with ready-to-drinks? I don't know who she is, so tell me. Tell me more about ready-to-drinks. For sure, for sure. So it's a category that's, like, really taken off. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it's sort of, uh, I like to say, it kind of kept me employed throughout the past... uh, last year during the pandemic. Um, Basically, uh, the category now is um, craft cocktails that Uh, are ready to drink, mm -hmm. that don't require a bartender. Um, So you get a lot of uh, brown liquors. So you get a lot of old fashions, Manhattans. Uh, There's some local stuff um, that are doing some like gold rushes and Mm -hmm. daiquiris and stuff. Um, We're doing Manhattan old fashioned. We do a salty dog cocktail. We do a cosmopolitan. Um, Cosmo Bianco, as we call it. And then we have Bootlegger. Okay. Which is kind of a pseudo sort of ready to drink. 
Um, it does require one extra step. We mm-hmm. suggest adding soda water to it. But uh, bootlicker, yeah, it's um, uh, our organic corn vodka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we add lemon peel, lime peel, a little bit of mint to it. A uh, touch of sugar to lower the proof to 70 proof, so 35% well, ABV. myself a little rinse rinse. rinse. Uh, That's fair. Here's s- a dump. We suggest you typically serve it over soda I water. Drank <laughs> I drank <laughs> my rinse French water. That's how you That's do a it. French rinse. <laughs> yeah. That is technically called a French rinse. That's how you get your hydration. So. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, so typically we suggest serving it over soda water. Um, to get the idea, it definitely can be consumed on its own. Um, okay, so do I take a sip of this first, and then I read poorly from the bottle? <laughs> and then, yes. okay. First of all, this smells like, like, you know when you're changing the, um, the like, gun, the Sprite? Yes. This is what it smells like, but in the best possible sure. way? When you change the bag in the box, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's almost, it's like an adult Sprite, kind of. I get that comment a lot with it. Um, bootlegger is a cocktail that they drink in Minnesota on the lakes and in the cabins. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Right? All yep. right. Refreshing. Yep. Clean. <laughs> so go ahead and describe that bottle for us. Okay. Um... We have what looks like a blanket that you would find in uh, some sort of middle-of-nowhere camping situation that you're unsure about. Can I, can I comment on that? Yes. Not to interrupt you. I apologize. No, go ahead. So that blanket, that pattern, is called a tattersall pattern. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Okay, so this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a sailboat on it with some big sails. It is 35% alcohol by volume. That's 70 proof for those of you at home. All right, let's see. Here's to spirited living. Tattersall bootlegger is our take on Minnesota. Minnesota. Classic. Highlighted by big lemon, lime, and mint notes for sure. Mm -hmm. A perfect balance of clean and crisp, sweet and tart. It's a summertime classic. Now better and easier than ever. Oh, oh I like that. Mm-hmm. Just add soda. Wait, just add soda water for your new go-to cocktail. Mm, yeah. I didn't know that I would like this as much as I did. do. It's offensively good. Uh, yeah. So uh, my boss, John, shout out to John Putman. We were opening the river walk and I was like, I've got a lot of bootlegger left over from last year. And uh, we were like, oh, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we forgot. Doesn't suck. It doesn't. (laughs) And when a lot of folks come up and ask for a mojito, which I'm not doing because that's fresh mint and go fuck yourself. Of course. Bootlegger constantly a good substitute for that especially for the bartender i what i love about this as a bartender is that i can add a couple of ounces of this mix in the soda water a little stir it's a highball but it tastes like a mojito after the soda water is in there yeah we i mean you you hit it right in the head we want to make either the professional bartender's life easier or the home bartender's life easier and this is a perfect example of that um it's organic based organic corn based you know, it's actual citrus peel. We're not adding, you know, citrus flavoring or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so it's 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 the real deal. It's solid. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. Um, we had talked earlier off mic about uh, Lagunitas Hoppy Refresher. Mm-hmm. Oh. The two go really, really well together. Yeah. I saw that you also mixed in some of uh, some non-alcoholic wine in yes. there, a groovy rosé wine. If you'd like to uh, to try, try it. it. I'll do a little splishy splash. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's just... It, oh, sorry. Uh, it's really... Like a lot of our products, the initial intent and creation... Um, once it gets into the hands of the professionals, um, we start to see all sorts of cool Delightful. things people do with it. Um, I think it, it works as kind of a, a modifier as well. It's really cool with like green yeah. tea. <laughs> um, green tea. Like I could see how that would be really ice, refreshing. Ice green tea or even hot green tea on a cold day. That mint and that lemon and lime. A little toddy situation. A little toddy situation. Everyone likes a good toddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm in. So that that's just a start. We've got a whole journey to go on. All right, let's Still. go. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the next round. So we're we're on the boat, the bootlegger boat. I love being on boats. I don't Me get too. enough of them. I get to look at them now. You do, and and a couple more years, you'll be able to be on them. It took me a few years, <laughs> just before staring you, at them before they actually let me on them. My mom really wants to do that, and she's gonna come visit me soon. So maybe, maybe I'll get on a boat. Let's make let's make some boat tours happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boat tours are fantastic. I love boats. That's all I'm gonna say. I <laughs> love boats. Marcus and I were on a boat That's right. uh, last week. Yep. We had a little river cruise. That Chicago, just a tip for out-of-towners or locals, that Chicago architecture tour. I always poo-pooed it. I always thought it was a thing tourists did. And I've done it a few times now. It is amazing. Okay. It's really, really cool. you're selling it. My mom was like, I really want to go on one of those. And I was like, I work too much to take time off for that. But now, you know, YOLO, Sharon. I'll go on a boat with you. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right, what's next, Marcus? We are going to taste our creme de fleur. Ooh, you're going to have to break that down. Yeah. Sure. Uh, creme simply referring to the addition of sugar to something, like okay. creme de menthe mm-hmm. or creme de cacao. Um, and fleur is a fancy word for flour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So will it taste like flowers it in my mouth? It will taste like flowers in your mouth. Heard. Yes, let's pour it. Um, <laughs> right. I So... Creme de fleur is something that I have used quite a bit from this portfolio. And uh, full disclosure, ooh, I started using Tattersall products when Marcus started working for Tattersall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> full disclosure. Friends support friends. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, if Marcus came to me and said, hey, I'm no longer a cider rep, I am now a spirits rep, and I tasted the product and it was bullshit, I would have said that was nice. For sure, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Go back to cider. Yes. But it, it's been remarkable products through and through. I'm fortunate. I, you know, I to, to talk a little bit about my background, I've uh, been bartending most of my adult life since I was 21 and um, eventually made the switch over to the supply side of things and uh, started with uh, some beer companies, worked for Vandermill Cider, but oh. had always wanted to be involved in the spirits world. I love cocktails. It was kind of my passion when I was bartending. And uh, this kind of landed on my lap. In fact, I had a conversation with you, Ambrosia, 
um, when I was still with Vandermilk. Oh, at, um, we had that secret. The Tiki, uh, the Island Tiki Hut. Uh, island Party um, Hut. Island Party Hut, pardon mm-hmm. me, um, about whether or not I wanted to take this job. And you were very, uh, you, you doled out some good advice, and I'm glad I, I listened to it. Um, I never have good advice. That's a surprising thing to hear. Um, so yeah, so this is a good example of a style we do that is a nice kind of hybrid style. Okay. So creme de fleur, not quite uh, creme de violette, which do you know what creme no, de violette I was is? Go- creme de violette. Tell me. Yeah. Pardon Tell me. Creme de violette. Creme de violette is the uh, addition in an aviation. Mm-hmm. If okay. you've heard of that cocktail, yes, it's what yes, makes yes. it a little bit purple, like yes. makes it look a little bit like a sky. Mm-hmm. It's a violet liqueur. Okay. Yeah. But um, this is not that. This is not that. It, it does have a little bit of violet on the label. That's right. But uh, she's clear. Um, Go ahead and describe I? that. Yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So once again, um, we have the uh, same pattern, Detat, Ursal. <laughs> it's purple and pink now. And there is a uh, steed, a white steed on the front. That horse appears on a lot of our bottles. He yes. he seems to enjoy it. Can can I support him? Mention why there's a horse on there? Yes, you can. So the Tattersall pattern, which is the background pattern mm-hmm. on pretty much all of our bottles, uh, was a pattern that uh, designated different horse trading clans. I was and about I, to say I know it's clan related. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. In in a town called Tattersall, so everyone would meet to trade their horses. And in order to determine whose horse belonged to who, they would throw these pattern flags over the horses. And those were Tattersall patterns. Mm. It has real no, it doesn't really have any sort of relate. We're not from that town or anything like I that. I just stopped myself from making um, like 15,000 horrible same. jokes. I've, I'm here. <laughs> if you could see me on podcast land, I, I almost like, do you, do you remember um, Mad TV with um, Fire Marshal Bill? Yes. Mm. I just did that with my teeth and my lips. My <laughs> lips like tucked in. Uh, let me tell you something. I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. But continue. Okay. So uh, here we have the Flora Liqueur Creme de Fleur. Not to be confused with Homegirl from Harry Potter. <laughs> she married a werewolf. 30% alcohol um, by volume 60 proof. Here's to spirited living. Oh, man. That, that's a theme. Yeah. Tattersall creme de fleur is distilled with six distinct flowers for a beautifully concentrated flavor and aroma. The result, floral, sweet, and perfectly balanced. Black meat. (laughs) (laughs) Use in an aviation cocktail or to brighten your favorite clear spirit. Um, There are some ingredients for sure. They list that here. There is the government warning, 110%. -hmm. And uh, at the bottom, we have a little... uh, a little bit of barcode situation. There's a, we do put barcodes, <laughs> just as a warning. <laughs> yes, there are, but if you're afraid of barcodes. Um, mm. This smells a lot like um, the the background herbs in curry okay. slash celery salt. Yep. I love that. Right? That, that's Coriander. Awesome. Yeah. Mace. I'm getting less flowers on this than I am getting. And more, oh, but it tastes so good. So what I like, pardon me, what I like Mm -hmm. to do when, uh, when I'm tasting, you know, bar managers or bartenders Mm. out is when they take a sip, I like to name the actual floor, the main seven florals we use to see if you can kind of taste them. Let's do it. So jasmine, Mm. lavender, 
chamomile, rose petal, heather, marigold, and elderflower. I chamomile, elderflower, and um, definitely some damage with that heather. Heather, heather. yeah, mm-hmm. yes. But my brain lives in like spice land, same. Yeah. So I never think about like florals. Have you done a savory cocktail with this? I can't say I have actually. Honestly, I I think that would be like literally celery juice in here would be like people hate when you say celery juice, but it it has a place. It does. And I think it might be alongside creme de fleur. And you could garnish with celery frongs. Oh, true. Frongs. Some frongs. So I think what you're tasting in there might be orris root, which is derived from. It's derived from the iris flower. Okay. Um, and it kind of has this pepperiness to it. Okay. So, yeah, there is a peppery, I was going to say, like, black pepper almost. Yes. It smells like it a lot, but. So, what are some cool cocktails that you've done with this? So, I think it makes a really cool, like, clear aviation, mm-hmm. um, which maybe the draw of the aviation for some is the color. I think creme de villette, not to villet, not to villet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. Uh, is uh, <laughs> yes, sir. well, you're from close enough. The region, um, the appeal. I, I'm just not a fan of of that liqueur, creme de violette. It just gets too perfumey for me. Um, so I like that this sort of tampers down the perfuminess, kind of uh, increases the gin botanicals a little bit, depending on the gin you use. So in aviation, is a layup. This over bubbles is really really I easy. Mean, yeah. That's um, where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see this uh, with uh, a little champagne or Prosecco or Prosec. any sort of bubbling white wine. I could see this as a float. It would be really tasty. Um, it works well with egg whites, too, and egg white cocktails. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel I, like I'm the only person who can taste egg whites in beverage. Like, like, it's not even a taste so much as a texture. It texturally feels like chalk in my mouth. I hate it. But I, I respect I hate it other as well. people. <laughs> no, okay, I, I this is a like safe space. <laughs> I really yeah, am not okay. I hate it. Part of it is, too, is bartending for so long. One, yes. it's a effing pain in the ass to do it. And two... Is that a dry shake situation? Yes. You can do a dry... You can what you have to do is you, shake, you have to coagulate shake. the proteins in mm. the egg without the acid. No. You are essentially yeah. doing... So you're whipping it without any acid to help you. It's a pain in the dick. And Seven and I have talked about this before. I was like, no, don't order a Ramos Fizz. (laughs) And he was like, I'm going to order if it's on the menu. And I was like, okay, but don't do it on a weekend night. Mm -hmm. Because we'll curse you with our Yes. Yeah. So if... If you're the bartender putting that on your, your menu, you that's, on you. that's a little bit on you. Yeah. yeah. I've been that bartender and have cursed myself. We, me and a colleague, when we had it on our menu, we used to just pass the shaker tin between the two of us because our <laughs> arms would get so tight. <laughs> Are you familiar style. with the Ramos Fizz as a cocktail? Ramos no, but I was going to like, I know the, I also is, is it a gin fizz? It's a gin fizz, but it's a special type of Tell gin me fizz. more because I've also not had a gin fizz okay. and people keep telling me that if I go to New Orleans, that is where I should try it yes. first. That's where it was invented. Okay. The Ramos. Um, basically it's heavy whipping cream. It's egg whites. It's citrus. Mm-hmm. Some bartenders use a mix of lemon and lime juice, gin, simple syrup, uh, orange blossom water. You... Oh. And we just saw a picture of it. Oh, that looks delightful. Yes. It's oh, a, that uh, little flabby flab on top. You know how that, souffles work. 
That's shaken egg whites. No. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looks like, you know, you're proud of it every time you produce one that looks really good, but like it's a cursed cocktail because it looks so beautiful that one it's like a bloody mary in the sense or that people mojito. see it or a mojito. Mm. People see it and like, "Well, I want one of those." And they don't realize you just spent 12 minutes shaking it. Yep. Um again, if you're putting it on your menu, that's on you. Um much like a mojito too, if someone ordered it, I'd be like, "Well, I don't have a blender." even though you don't need to blend it. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't your, have a bacon stretcher <laughs> for this one, so I can't. Yeah. That's your out with cocktails. I don't have a blender. Well, it doesn't need to be blended, but they don't know that. It yeah. might be might be easier with a Vitamix. It, honestly, you can. Or, you could um, whip it. You, can, you could definitely whip egg whites. Those with, uh, little um, espresso or um, cappuccino oh, yeah, like, frothers. Uh, I've yeah. seen those used. <laughs> the churms, yes. Um, I've seen those used. Uh, the trick, if anyone at home would like to make a Ramos, oh, uh, is in the shake, is the dry shake. Um, and then, so you dry shake it to whip it up and without the ice. That's what a dry shake is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll then add the acid to the cocktail and then add seven ice cubes to it. Ooh, Depend- not six? Not six. Well, it depends on the size of your ice okay. cubes. Okay. Uh, if you've got the cold draft, one inch, one inch, one inch, one inch, one inch cube ice cubes, you might be able to get away with like five. Um, I had really bad ice when I had it on my menu, so that dissolved really quickly. Seven ice cubes, um, and you shake and shake and shake until all that ice cubes have dissolved, and you don't hear them pounding around in your shaker anymore. After that, you pop your tin off, you let it sit, so it all kind of settles, and then... uh, That's how you get that foam on the top, because... Yeah, well, you add soda water, and then pour it over the soda water, and it'll slowly start to rise. Hmm. And the what I've been told by bartenders is if you could stick straws through the little one inch foam on the top of your your uh, glass, then that knows you you know you whipped it. Just, it's like mayonnaise being held over your head. I don't like yeah. that. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste like mayonnaise though. <laughs> I mean, it may as well be. Fair enough. You're right. Which mayonnaise is disgusting. I think we can all agree on that. Like Dukes forever. <laughs> I don't know what's Dukes. Dukes is like the. It's like Hellman's. It's not even like Hellman's. Oh, I know Dukes, yes. It's better. Yes. They season it. They season it. There's paprika and yeah. there's like, I'm not going to tell them your secrets, but <laughs> it's delightful. We and if they want to sponsor me, they can. <laughs> it, it would be something to have your podcast sponsored by a, a mayonnaise company. So it would be. Trying. <laughs> shots. Mayonnaise shots. Better than mayonnaise cocktails. Better than gravy shots. Yes. Which will bring us to our next. Yes beverage because i don't know if me and marcus want to relive gravy shots no i don't that was a long night the, i don't want gravy talk. backs oh so no. i made i made a i did a, a local vodka mm-hmm. and i infused it with rosemary mm-hmm. and then i made a gravy with msg yes and a little bit of uh cornstarch yes and uh some other good holiday thanksgiving yum yums mm-hmm. And I held it in a water bath in a squeeze bottle um, uh, during service, and then we did gravy backs to all of the whiskey. So we were doing shots of warm gravy that was probably like 20% alcohol. And um, it's okay. I forgive the rest you. Is, the rest is history. What, did, I don't know if you mentioned it. That was for, the, for Blackout Wednesday. It was. So we had a whole entire, this is when I was working for Vandermill. We put together an entire four-course dinner 
cocktail, liquid Thanksgiving, as we it called it. It was called liquid Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. So you could order, oh boy, I don't even It was remember. rye whiskey with gravy back shots. That was the turkey. It was wild turkey. It was wild, wild turkey, turkey. Yes. with gravy back. That's what I drink on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So when people ask me if I had turkey, I can say yes. yes. Yeah. Um, we did a cocktail in a Perone. Oh, with that, the cranberry with infused gin. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perone cocktails are a bad idea. Yeah. I was going to say, did you Perone it into people's mouths? Oh, and yeah. each other's mouths, for oh, sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Y'all bad. Um, Keep going. What's the other course? Uh, we did a stuffing. <laughs> sure did. I don't remember what was in the stuffing, I, though. <laughs> it was the next day. <laughs> was that there, wasn't an edit that was, was actually her stopping and then saying the next day i texted marcus and i said i'm sorry and he said for what i was like i'm just covering all, your all bases. the bases yeah. and he said i can't even look at gravy right oh. now it was the texture of the gravy that it was, was so tough. tasty that was the msg msg is it delightful and it was tasty it really was anyway all right so what's next <laughs> This is actually a good transition. This is our Aquavit. Oh, yes. Which is, with Aquavit. But hell yeah. can you explain what to. it is? Which is, I asked you to specifically bring yes. it. Yes. Um, so a little bit about Aquavit. Uh, it is, a, the way I describe it is always like a Scandinavian gin. Um, so throughout Scandinavia, it is a popular spirit to consume in all sorts of different ways. Different uh, countries of Scandinavia will have different kind of styles of Aquavit. Down to like different families in those countries will have their own special aquavit style. Oh, like the hot sauce of my people. Like, Everyone's families has a different hot sauce. I love mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, so we do ours in the Danish tradition. Uh, so basically, aquavit uh, is vodka with botanicals in it. Mm -hmm. Which is exactly what gin is. Um, <gasps> In Denmark, is gin really just yeah. vodka with botanicals? Yeah, in it's it? neutral grain yeah. spirit. Yep, with a prime a primary function of, of juniper. Yes, but it's not limited to that. There are two regulations on gin. London Dry means that all the botanicals are sourced together in the basket at the top of the still and brought through mm -hmm. at the exact same time. That's the only designation for London Dry. And then Plymouth Gin is the other designation, and that means that it has to be made in Plymouth. England. Plymouth okay, I was delicious. about to be like Plymouth, Massachusetts. I couldn't say that word in there. until very recently. <sighs> I was I was raised there. Oh. <laughs> it's I still can't do it. Not great. Yes, Massachusetts yes, is yes. okay mm -hmm. at best. Mass. It, you can mass get away holes. with just mass. Yeah, mass holes. Yes. Mass holes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We, we Shout went, out to Corey. We went, <laughs> <laughs> we went to Massachusetts as a family a couple years ago. My, I have family out that way, and my like ten year old nephew had uh, heard us talking about mass holes. And as soon as we got off the plane, he was like, where, where are all the mass holes at? <laughs> in the middle of Logan. Uh, yeah, They're everywhere. <laughs> if you drive in the shoulder, that's not a lane. You're a mass hole. Yes. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Here we call that the Albany I, slide. I, I, have, <laughs> I have Boston problems. I don't, I don't like Boston. Different. Same. Yeah, we can talk. Don't that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Aquavit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, do we got? what do you got for this? So, Aquavit. So, Scandinavian gin. Um, no mm. juniper, though. The botanicals in Aquavit have to typically be caraway and or dill. Um, ours is done in the Danish tradition, so mm. there is no dill at all. It is very, very caraway forward with a little bit of fennel and about another five or six different botanicals mm. as well. It does see a touch of our oak barrels, uh, rye oak barrels. Um, it is 80 proof. 
Oh, now see, now I'm reading the label. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Um, I, I'm I'm just you know here because someone else isn't. And that's <laughs> well, you're okay here because too. you're a valued member of. Thank you. This okay. Discussion. So well, here's the sub. Here, let's cheers. He would have yeah. insisted to cheers. Here's the sub. <laughs> cheers, y'all. Oh yeah. Oh, so before I read this, I was gonna say that the first time I had Aquavit, I thought it only came in dill. Mm. Mm. And so the second time I had it, it tasted like this. And I was like, this is not that thing. But I learned that everything is different and yeah. that's okay. So we have uh, the Tattersall pattern mm-hmm. uh, on the back is red way? and black. No, ain't no horses this time. She regular. <laughs> um, just uh, a little bit of uh, some sort of tattoo font going on here with this pattern. It says Aquavit, 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof. And we're going to a spirited living place again. <laughs> Tadisol Aquavit is crafted from a complex blend of botanicals. The result, a refined, full-flavored spirit with a hint of oak. Caraway leads the charge, for sure, with warm citrus and fennel notes. Enjoy it neat or as a substitute for vodka. In a Bloody Mary. In a Bloody Mary or Collins <laughs> for a new twist on a classic. Okay, when... <laughs> I didn't know it said that. I did not know it yeah, said I that. Yeah, I did. It literally did. Because I was like, mm, it does not taste like vodka. But I respect Jis. 100% natural spirits distilled from corn. Burr, 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 burr. So we did Aquavit. a we did a, a cocktail with a, a tomato shrub. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the Aquavit. Um, yeah, at the Northman. Yeah, uh, OCP, rest in peace. Um, which Joni Mitchell song do we need Matt after? Oh, boy. LOL. Um, <laughs> Red Dirt Road. Red Dirt Road, that's yes, right. from... Uh, California, yeah. possibly is the yeah. Mitchell song. Anything off yeah. of blue, really. That's my go-to. Yeah. Yes, for naming but drinks. We we songs. We tend to name our cocktails after Star Trek references or Joni Mitchell references. See? You can really get one of the two. I feel like you guys found each other, and that's all that matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I really oh, God, do Joni enjoy this, though. Trek, um, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, our. Nope, never mind. Oh, God. Went right out my brain. No, nope, that happens. <laughs> Just like a thought. Um, so the thing that I love about this Akavit is that it is not too sweet, mm-hmm. which you can tend to get with mm. a lot of traditional Akavits. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as far as cocktail going, uh, cocktails go, um, spirits made for the, or modifiers made for the cocktailer. What I love about this is that it's ready to go. And it's really good with um, ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Akavit and ginger beer is dope. Akavit okay. and tonic, specifically this one. I've had a lot of other Akavits trying to be sold to me, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I already, I already have one. You already found the one. Yeah. Yeah. Aquavit as a category of spirits has um, gained a lot of traction in the past couple of years. It's uh, as with a lot of spirits, once American bartenders get their hands on it, they automatically go into cocktails. That's what American bartenders are typically good for. Um, and then it transfers back to European and Japanese, for the most part. Obviously, there's, mm-hmm. there's outliers. There is an um, Akavit week. 
I had no in idea. Minneapolis. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't tell my bosses I didn't know that. Uh, so I tried <laughs> to I tried to jump on it. I wanted to participate in Akaviet Week. Yeah. Because if anyone loves a week, it's me. <laughs> and I was trying to get everybody on board. And I'm like, all my two Akaviet producers that I knew at the time. And I'm like, we're going to do an Akaviet Week. And they're like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> But now Minnesota cool. probably produces about six or seven different aquavits, yes. different distilleries the f- do it. The first and only time I went to Minnesota was like two, three summers ago, maybe. And uh, the last place we went to before they put me on the plane was a distillery that had two types of aquavit, the traditional like dill boy and then a brown one that was like, like like fall spiced hmm. flavors. Um, I cannot remember the name of it because I 110% browned out by the time I yeah. got on the plane. Um, but the picture that I took there was in my Tinder profile, and okay. that's how I got my boyfriend. So <laughs> thank you, Aquavit. Thank you, Aquavit. That's, uh, I yeah. had two Aquavit martinis while yes. I was there. So if you're looking um, for love, just sip on some Aquavit. Mm-hmm. So an Aquavit martini, that's, that's kind of a good way of using aquavit in cocktails so yeah. i always say wherever gin goes our aquavit can follow mm-hmm, as a sub mm-hmm. so martini um a lot of the citrus cocktails that use gin like um the last word is kind of cool with aquavit corpse survivor what, what's a last word sure. for some uh, of the folks ooh, out there chartreuse, chartreuse oh, uh, yeah. green specifically because only monsters drink yellow uh, yeah lots mm-hmm. of saffron and yellow and it's a l- way lower proof so it's not as fun <laughs> um, chartreuse, uh, maraschino liqueur, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which doesn't taste like maraschino cherries. Uh, it does not. They, I learned that yeah. two weeks ago. They take the actual marska cherries, pit, stem, fruit, and all, and distill yeah. the liqueur out of that. And it's high proof. And I honestly am not a fan of maraschino liqueur. Kind of tastes like jet fuel to me. Yes, works well in a, in, a, in, an avia- uh, in an aviation as well, but also in a last word. Um, lime juice, and then typically gin. Uh, the traditional recipes all equal parts. I do three quarter, three quarter, three quarter, three quarter. Um, but if you sub out the gin, put in our aquavit, it works really well. What we found a good application for our aquavit that kind of caught a lot of people by surprise is it works really well in tiki cocktails. Mm. So it plays really well with coconut and pineapple flavors. Mm. Uh, that's mainly because of that fennel. Oh, um, yeah. Fennel yeah. is, she's. A black licorice kind of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, we purposely didn't include dill in our aquavit because we wanted it, and you brought it up, Ambrosia. We wanted it to really have this wide application in cocktails. We felt like if we added dill, it would really back bartenders up into a corner, which, I mean, dill cocktails are cool and fun, but it's harder to get out of that corner when you have such yeah. an aggressive flavor like dill. Um, that would, We love you, dill. I love mm-hmm. dill. I mean, I will eat pickles all day. I still really? have five... Yeah dill pickle juice jars in my fridge that yeah. I'm going to pretend that I'm going to do something with, but really they're just sitting in my fridge so I can have dill pickle For juice. backs. Yeah. I didn't do that. I just like pickles. What's next? What's next? <laughs> pickles. Do you have pickles? No. no. Oh God, that would have been amazing. I have garnished with cheese before on doing a, a dill cocktail. I had a dill oh. aquavit that I did with carrot juice, uh, rye whiskey, and then I garnished with some uh, Havarti. I, oh my god I'm a bit of a slut for Havarti Yeah, who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> this is my culinary background <laughs> speaking though I'm glad that you're vibing with it Yes Alright Speaking of, well never mind I was going to speak of rye, but this isn't rye <laughs> I, 
speaking of bitter orange. Oh. Um. <laughs> yes. Give me give me Aperol spritzes. Yes. Give me all of the above. Oh my god, it smells also like big red a little bit. Okay. Oh yeah. What? With yeah. the with the metal on it. Like with the, the tin on the outside of the big oh red gum. Oh my god. There there is some cinnamon in it. Mm. Uh, so this is our bitter orange liqueur. Uh, another good example of that kind of uh, hybrid kind of cross liqueur, like the creme de fleur, de fleur was a cross between Saint-Germain and creme de Villette. Bitter orange is a really good cross between Campari and Aperol. Mm-hmm, Won't be mm-hmm, as bitter mm-hmm. as Campari, not as strawberry sweet forward as Aperol. And then there's sort of kind of gets down with this like Zucca Amaro quality. Zucca Amaro is a rhubarb based uh, Amari. Um, there is rhubarb root in it. Oof. One thing oh, wow. about this that I typically mention before people sip it, uh, though Ambrosia it's knows not it. Vegetarian. It is not technically vegetarian. Um, can you tell me some more, please? We, lots of beef in it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> right, I'd be on the ground right now. <laughs> like we, like I mentioned earlier, everything we do naturally colored, naturally flavored. In order to get this beautiful red color, we have to use a product called carmine, mm-hmm. which is derived from oh, cochineal yeah. beetles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they're just little brown beetles that when you crush up, they create this red powder. That is a real traditional way of coloring things red. Campari, oh, yeah. Campari used to be colored that way. Other uh, bitter Starbucks orange. Starbucks had a, a drink that they used it with until everybody was outraged. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other bitter orange liqueurs on the market still do it. Uh, it doesn't really impact the flavor. I mean, maybe it tastes a little more earthy, but there's so many other strong, aggressive flavors in there that I don't think you really... Uh, I think that if you it. eat your own boogers, you shouldn't complain about this. Yeah. And I feel like more people <laughs> eat their own boogers yeah. than not. So, like, I feel like you're it. really calling me out on that <laughs> You're looking right at me. Maybe I'm just to have a guilty conscience. I don't know. <laughs> so we've learned things about each other tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm also excited because this one also has a horse on it, and All it looks right. like a darker horse than the other horse for sure. Well, he's a little better, apparently. I mean, with a name like that, bitter <laughs> orange, he might be. Um, we have a red and orange tattersall pattern with our new... Um, I'm going to go ahead and not say dark but speckled he looks like a speckled horse um it says liqueur bitter orange 28 percent alcohol by volume 56 proof i learned all of these terms when i passed my basset a week ago oh yeah so i'm fancy <laughs> now um and on the back we have titusol bitter orange is crafted from a distinct blend of our four different types of citrus and an array of spices Array. I love that word. The result, bright orange notes at the start, backed by a warm, bitter bite with an all-natural hue. All-natural. Beetlejuice. Bug. Don't say it three times. Three times. No. I did just see Candyman, and that was really good. Oh! (laughs) I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm so excited. It was very good. Um... Ingredients, certified organic corn, neutral grain spirits, assorted botanicals, herb spices, and cochineal? Cochineal, cochineal. <laughs> cochineal. Violet, vial, violet. She read tomato. It's fine. Yep. Uh, there is no MSG in this. That's, I thought that. It's acceptable. There's no, yes. I, I, wanted, I wanted more. I will stand by that we don't add MSG <laughs> to anything. 
I love MSG. It's delicious. I, no. MSG. I, yeah. Listen, I buy that shit by the pound. Yes. Like, if you eat, if you eat mushrooms, if you eat tomatoes, if you love things that come from the ground, it probably has MSG in it. You have to like really have an allergy, aka you can't eat tomatoes or mushrooms for me to believe that you're allergic to MSG. Yeah. And that's me being a problematic chef. Yeah, well. I'm <laughs> also, um, it says perfect used use uh, use perfect in Negroni. Um, I'm gonna butcher this. Boulevardier. Boulevardier. Yes. Or an Americano. I did not know that an Americano was also a cocktail. And the first time I went to a place that had a bar, but also they had a coffee service, I ordered an Americano and I got (laughs) not the espresso watered down because that's all it is. I got an Americano. and uh, Campari or bitter orange, sweet vermouth and soda water. Yeah. Yeah. It's delightful. Loved it, but... It was too early. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing I love about the bitter orange is that it is like the middle child of a lot of these red amaris. Aperol, so much sugar. Campari, Mm -hmm. tons of sugar. This one has a kiss of bitter before you get that sweetness in. And it makes it a more versatile. It makes it so that the cocktailer can actually put in the amount of simple syrup or the amount of sugar. If you want to sweeten, especially with something like a pear cider mm. or something that's already sweet that you want to put as a center stage, you can actually mix this and build your own adventure with how much sweetness. Whereas with all of the big Italian uh, macro amares, you're, you're locked into that sweetness level. And is, I love that about this. Is this in the same like family of like um, as Amaro? Yeah, I, I think so. I, 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 I don't know if there is a, maybe you know. There is no legal definition yeah. of um, what Amari or Amaro is in the EU. Uh, okay. okay. Then, yeah, Throw I would qualify. Go back to the Frenet episode, guys. Go listen to Kat <laughs> on the Frenet episode. I, I would definitely qualify this then, yeah, as, as an Amari. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely, especially because of that rhubarb root, um, has that, that real vegetal quality that you get from Amari. And a ton of Amari have orange peel in it. We have four different orange peels in this, um, as well as all sorts of kitchen sink spices. Um, and you get a lot of that great bark on the nose mm-hmm. initially. Bark, I think chinchona, I think wormwood, I think uh, gentian. Gentian. Yeah. I get that all right of off, off the nose. Sage, rosemary, thyme, no parsley. But um, <laughs> I have most of those in my garden. Can I make this at home? You can, yeah. I mean, mm. that's sort of, I mean, maybe not this specifically, but you can make a, a Mari at home. It's really what, you just take your neutral grain spirit, in our case, once again, organic corn-based, um, and you load it up with whatever spice profiles you want. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm not responsible, yeah. though. I'll make some for you. Okay, I can bring you peppers and herbs for my garden. Let's do it. Cool. Do you have any bugs in your garden that you can No, thank you. And- no, I don't have any, but next year I want to get... Um, a little sack of um, praying manti. Mm. Okay. And apparently, I was nervous because there's like a thousand of them when you get the little sack. But apparently, they all get eaten. By each in the other, fr- right? Yeah, in yeah. like the first like yes. couple of days. So you end up with like four adults. And I was like, that's the move. It's like Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, I mean the tattersall pattern. The tattersall of your people. <laughs> Come on. Um, What's next? Uh, real quick, if, I, if I'm co- cocktailing <laughs> with this, that. sorry. No, you're good. If I'm cocktailing with this, uh, definitely spritzes as well. Um, we've we had a spritz down at the Northman River Walk. That was a mix between our bitter orange and an, our orange liqueur, um, a little bit of sugar um, and some citric acid to uh, and my cider and a dry cider. Um, Semi-dry cider. Semi-dry dry. cider? Dry. Cider. She dry, dry. Pardon mm-hmm. me. Um, so it was a cider spritz. But as you mentioned, too, Negroni, which is gin, sweet vermouth, bitter orange, Boulevardier, rye or bourbon, sweet vermouth, bitter orange. This works really well with tequila and really well with coffee. Ooh, too. yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Now my brain's ticking. Last but not least, uh, at least the bottles that we do have here. Uh, is our rye whiskey. Uh, Tattersall in Illinois has a portfolio of like 22 spirits. In Minnesota, our home market, we make probably about 26 to 28 and If you want to get the brandy, you got to go to Minnesota. Apple brandy, yeah. Which I've learned, unfortunately, as someone that is going back to brandy every episode that I can and any way that I can, they do make brandy. It's just not here. So I would like to... Uh, once Marcus gets his poured, I would like to do a cheers because I do forget that Sev, Sev is always the instigator of the cheers, which Aww. is really important. It, it's uh, it's Brings the it community. Together. Yeah. Thank you all for coming out. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for like letting me do this. <laughs> this <laughs> is great. <laughs> Thanks, host. <laughs> Thanks for being impromptu. It's that kitchen life, you know? When someone comes in the back and says, chef, we're out of something, I'm like, are we? Yeah. <laughs> I've already gotten three texts during this, <laughs> this podcast. No joke. Um, telling me that we're out of stuff or that, that I need to find something. And I was like, I'll look for your socks later. <laughs> uh, rye whiskey oh. is what we're tasting here. A straight rye whiskey. Um, okay. Can you tell us what's so straight about it? Uh, it is a specific designation. Uh, it has to, it refers to the... Uh, amount of time it is aged, two plus years, and the proof, uh, and, and what it's aged in as well. Uh, it's, uh, American oak barrels, unused white American oak barrels, and then the proof as well. It has to be above fifty percent. It also means that it was um, distilled in the same place that it was bottled. Ooh, Thank you. I did not know that. Yeah, that's that's big with straight because uh, a lot of people correct source their source their juices. Source right, we do not do that. We source all of our grain to actually ferment and distill from about 40 miles north of our distillery in Minneapolis. Um, 15% of this mash build, it is 100% rye, mm. Uh, mm. which is relatively rare for, I don't want to say rare, but it's... It's rare. Uh, yeah. Typically, it's rare. Um, typically you get about say. 5% barley that gets mixed in okay. with uh, any sort of fermentation because the barley does... Oh, you feel it in your chest? My old friend, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just being, yeah. Approaching middle age. We're old now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what the barley does is barley kickstarts with the amount of enzymes that barley has in it. Mm-hmm. It kickstarts fermentation and it allows for a easier process when you're adding malted barley to something. So is she like the natural yeast of the party? She, the, she Or like, is she like she the sugar like, for the yeast? She's like the white girl ally. Mm. Oh. So like we need those. Yes, gets the gets it going, gets the conversation going. Uh, doesn't do the entirety of it, but at mm-hmm. least gets it started. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we have no white girl allies in, in this bottle. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really bad. We have white girl allies, but um, none of them made white it in this bottle. White girls are allies, too. That's right. We don't, I mean, yeah. Marcus is turning red. We should change the okay. subject immediately. <laughs> I'm a weird white dude. I have nothing <laughs> to add to this cover. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Which is what more weird white dudes yeah, should be doing. I agree. Amen. You Here's another what? cheers to that. Cheers to that. Yeah. One. There you go. <laughs> All right. So tell us about this rye whiskey. I would love to. Uh, so 100% rye is the mash build. 15% of that rye, though, is malted. Mm. So oh. it's... It's cooked, um, and, and Brescia, you could probably speak a little more to this too. It releases a little more sugars um, to the mash build, and then when you ferment and distill, it just creates a different uh, Is it because by, like, changing the color, essentially, of it, you heighten the sugar that will, pre- like, caramelization? Like, you, it's toasted so that... So... The color is coming strictly from the barrel. Okay. When nope, whiskey comes off the still, it's going to be 100% clear. We also don't add caramel coloring to our, our products. Some Which caramel coloring um, is not always a bad thing. Correct. Uh, sometimes it's neutral and it can help perception from um, humans that come up to a retail situation and they see bottles that are different color. Mm. They can get suspicious about what's inside. Mm. So keeping it consistent can be helpful to the market depending on your market. Okay. Uh, but caramel coloring can also sneak in some some other shit but but so when whiskey comes off the still it's completely clear all Mm. of the color is coming from the barrel uh so when we talk about a malted substance so when you're talking about grain grain and and we've talked about this before that there are three things that we ferment grain vegetable and fruit Mm -hmm. with grain you have a lot of these complex carbohydrates and these complex carbohydrates actually live down in the grain and if you start the, uh, the process of it beginning to sprout, what it does is it converts those sugars into something that, that plant can use in order to grow and to start its photosynthesis. Mm. And so if you start that sprouting process, which is called malting, it starts to convert those sugars for you. And then when the tree thinks that it's going to get some leaves and it's going to start photosynthesis, you crush it. You kill it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you use all those sugars that it's done that job of converting for you. And that's what you're adding when you're talking about being malted so it doesn't do anything as far as color goes after it comes off the still you pop it in the barrel and depending on your toast depending on number four chair number four char (laughs) there it is i like it Uh, depending on what your barrel is and with the number four char this makes a lot of sense and how how long are you guys aging this on average so at least two though this bottle probably is three um it a lot about a lot of whiskey um Two to three. Often gets put out into the market quickly just because you need to make money on it. We were able to, two to three, pardon me, yes, two to three years. Thank you. Um, We were able to kind of wait at least two years to do our whiskey, um, our rye whiskey. But uh, everything laid down now will be three plus years. Which, Um, are you using standard barrels? Yeah, yeah, initially they were 30 gallons. Um, Now they're 53 standard barrels. Using smaller uh, gallon barrels often will lend itself to a more, an, an kind of an older expression mm-hmm. um and correct me if i'm wrong ambrosia because there's because of the surface area there's less surface area yeah more so, surface so area. when you have so if you're talking about smaller barrels you're talking about less surface area is that like when you s- 
Or is that small batch when they're talking specific. about small batch? Small or batch it has is nothing a, to do with small that. Small batch is a non-designated term. Okay. Uh, small batch just means that it was a small run on your still, and that can mean anything from anything. It's not regulated by any sort of of organization. But mm-hmm. um, so if you have a small barrel, if you can picture a small barrel, and you have the liquid that's in that small barrel, you're going to have more surface contact mm-hmm. just by sheer nature right. of more barrel to the volume that's inside. Yeah. When you have a bigger barrel, you have less surface contact with less surface contact you can age longer mm-hmm. and the extraction of uh, the, the the interplay in that the barrel and the living organism and it's living and breathing is going to be a longer process especially depending on climate which i imagine in minneapolis the climate's going to be very similar of angel share to something like louisville yeah, I mean, it's regulated and we're not aging out in a rick house or anything like that. But yeah. So your angel share is probably like 4% to 7%? I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I like that you said that though, because sometimes people lie. Oh, I'm not notorious for lying. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not in this case though. I felt very intimidated. So I decided to just Fair. accept that I was wrong <laughs> or not uh, that I was ignorant, you know. So it's this, okay. I'm the, learning. The, I'm the, learning. The, we're both <laughs> learning today. The, the good thing about having a smaller barrel is, one, that you can push product through quicker. You don't have to have mm-hmm. as long of uh, a sit time because it has more surface, surface contact content Mm -hmm. but the thing is is also that you have to put in less product and putting in less product and doing it for a small amount of time it means that you can run smaller batches and that you can actually like speed it yeah in general and when you're starting out small buying a small barrel is way cheaper than buying Mm -hmm. one of those big ass barrels uh so when you're starting out a lot of folks will do a smaller barrel Mm -hmm. when you start to decide that you want to get bigger barrels it's going to take longer for the whiskey uh Mm -hmm. you're also going to have to get more equipment to move Mm -hmm. these barrels with you're going to have to have space for the storage and you're going to have to have the money for the time that it takes to age it that's why a lot of these new distilleries are coming out with whiskeys and gins and as a buyer i have to taste 100 gins every day because they're waiting for their whiskey and if you use smaller barrels you can produce your whiskey much quicker with without having the 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 straight designation on it, which right. means that you have to have a minimum of yeah. a certain age. You can get it out to market quicker, which means uh, income immediately. Yes. Which for a small distillery, and di- we know the distilleries don't make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody goes into the distillery industry saying, "I'm going to make a boatload of money." Yeah. No, uh, that a small barrel makes a lot of sense to begin with. Okay. Uh, and we were, we were fortunate, as we kind of tasted prior to this, the rye is one of our newer products to have such a giant portfolio to sell yeah. and make income on while we let our rye whiskey get the age it needs. And, and also when we're saying two years, two plus years, it's a mix of different barrels. It's not just like one barrel had aged for two years and suddenly throw it into the bottles. It's a mix of different age statements that are at, le- at least at least two. three. Two, two to three. three. Yeah. Straight, straight being be two. A yeah. minimum of two. Your youngest whiskey has to be a minimum of yes. two years. Uh, so you want to read this label for us? Yeah, she's young. Mm, she's, okay. She's sprightly, we though. A, we have like a forest e green mm. and white tattersall background. This uh, tattoo um, stamp is on it again. I really like it. I don't know what the shape is called, but I fucks with it. Um, 
straight rye whiskey, 50% alcohol by volume, 100 proof. This is a 750 milliliter bottle, by the way. All of them have been so far. And we're uh, wrapping it up with uh, more spirited living. Tattersall straight rye whiskey is distilled from 100% Minnesota rye. Perfect for rye purists. <laughs> it's aged That's for at least two yeah. years in locally sourced charred white oak barrels. The result, a big, bold, and spicy whiskey. It is pretty spicy, and but like I like it. Yeah, it, it, like it's it. not as spicy as other 100% whiskeys because of that malted backbone. Yeah, backbone. That's true. <laughs> Think of it as bourbon's bolder cousin. Enjoy it neat or in classics like an old fashioned or Manhattan. And always in good company. Y'all. Oh, that's adorable. That's very Minnesota. And then it's it has Minnesota like nice. spirits of uncompromised character, proudly distilled and bottled by Tattersall Distilling Company. Proud Minia. of them. They're proud. I'm mm-hmm. proud of them. I'm proud of them too. Minnesota grown. I'm from the Caribbean. How did I? It's come really to, close. It's, I'm trying. <laughs> that was to really. Do that like, was like a good hybrid thanks. Minnesota Caribbean. Thank you. I have friends that live there. I love them. You did a good job. What do you guys taste in it? Okay. What, 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 what do you What are you getting? You, you first, Rita. So when I smell it, it smells like hella caramel mm. at first. Like what kind of caramel though? Like like fresh off the mm. like like brown butter caramel or like 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 Garrett's popcorn oh, yeah. caramel. So just yeah, butter is definitely yeah. a part of it. She is very smooth. But okay, so then the, my second smell of it, I get more of the like a spice behind it, not necessarily like a heat spice. But like a black peppercorn spice? Sort of. Or like maybe uh, if you take the tomato vine kind of spice? Oh. Or like something that's spicy that's not... Actually spicy. Actually spicy? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I can't tell you what it is, though. Mm. I'm going to have to taste it more. For me, I get get a ton of young whiskey, Mm. uh, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but I get a lot of cherry. What does young whiskey taste like? Yeah. Uh, like new make. So I get a lot of like distillery floor. Okay. I get a lot of uh, wood curing out in... Wood. Uh, yeah. Like a an oak curing site. So like tannin from oak or... No, tannin is a mouthfeel. It's not okay. a smell. Right. Um, oh, you came for his throat. <laughs> That's Sorry. okay. No, I didn't. Hear, I didn't realize you said smell. I'm I sorry. feel like I can do this okay. with him. That's okay. No, it was acceptable. No, I just liked it. Right. Thank you. No My I'm weird sorry. white dude ego is really hurt right now. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm kidding. I'm I just kidding. feel I'm like I can say it. anything to you. Uh, so I get a lot of um, like fresh curing oak, like oak that's in staves, but like sitting out in the sun. Mm, okay. Um, I get a lot of cherries that have like dehydrated cherries. I was going to say, it, it it feels like the part of the cherry that they tell you not to eat, but mm. I like to chew on the pith a lot. So, yes. So, so actually, like, armoretto is made from the pits and the stems of uh, prunus and uh, any sort of stone fruit. Mm-hmm. So prunus being plums, um, 
peaches peaches mm-hmm. and, that, and that sort yeah. uh, is an apricot in that family an yeah, apricot sure. yeah droops yeah, yeah, yeah. Droops, droops are the family not oh. avocados the avocado is a droop but not included oh, i didn't in know that oh cool avocado's a droop i didn't i don't think i've ever heard the term droop yeah droop, to describe yeah. fruit yeah d-r-u-p i believe i've yes. been called a droop <coughs> before but yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't do that no, i promise that's okay <laughs> uh what else do i get i get spice but i get like a white pepper mm. spice I get, um, in with the cherry, I get this almost uh, coriander seed, fresh spice mm. to it. There's a freshness to it that I really adore. Um, but it, it ticks all the boxes for rye because I am a rye guy. If you're going to be drinking rye, which you should just be drinking brandy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to switch to whiskey, you should drink rye. And... Uh, it ticks all those boxes for me, mm. which is the cherry, the spice, uh, the wood. It's just, it's just a, a very youthful expression of it for me. How, how would you say that this differs from like a whistle pig or one of those really heavy 100% straight rye um, whiskeys? I would say it comes in the youthfulness. In the youth, youthfulness, okay. Which I'm getting in distillery floor. Yeah. I'm getting from um, smelling new make coming off the still, yeah, sure. uh, which is a very distinct... Yeah. smell that I cannot um you don't care for no 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 I love it okay I don't All understand right. why anybody puts anything in a barrel I was mm-hmm. at whistle pig at the distillery making the still like making the shit with the guy and we t- drank it off the still and I looked at him and I said why are we putting this in a barrel and he said I knew I liked you <laughs> <laughs> why are we putting anything in a barrel we're gonna do it Well, why do we uh because it mellows it out and that's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole tradition and a process, and that's another yeah. podcast. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I get it. I accept it. Mm. I've moved on. This <laughs> is a wonderful expression of fry in a youthful sense. For and sure. so I would use this more with fresh juices. I would use this more with things that I find youthful in my mind when I'm playing with this or I'm drinking it. I would drink it neat. I would drink it with um, Topo Chico. Mm. Uh, something See, youthful. Highball. I yeah. feel like I've s- like skipped the fun cocktails and went from like drinking like Carlo Rossi <laughs> to like Scotch neat only. <laughs> like, like my grandmother. I did that I, when I was like <laughs> twenty one. I can't do anything. I can't like. It's hard for me to choose m- cocktails. Deck. That would be a good for a daiquiri. I put this in the deck. Well, whiskey sour. No, or a deck. split base with like a white rum? No, just a deck. A deck? What, tell me what that is. Just a, just a piss off norm. I would put this, I would make a rye daiquiri with this. That's mm. a whiskey sour. Oh, wow. But it's wow. more fun to piss off <laughs> the rum nerds if you call it a, a whiskey daiquiri. No, now you're just being mean. That's just. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. All right, um, what do you get out of this? So I, it, I drink a lot of this because it is my job to drink a lot of it. And what struck me this time around um, and industry secret, sometimes there is variation in bottles, especially mm-hmm. when you're small and you're not giant corporate, you know, brown form and Diageo, whatever. Which um, you can go back to episode one to mm-hmm. learn about all of those because I list them all and I call them I, all out. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was cheering you on in my car. Um, I get a lot of coffee on the, on the palate. I'm getting a lot of coffee. Um, tif- typically, I get a lot of maple as well, but... This is Maple. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of coffee this Hit time in around. In the finish. In the finish, yeah. 
and I don't think I ever really Taking noticed. How, yeah, it's definitely a lot of chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever noticed that. And that could just be because we've transitioned to these older age statements because um, I did just get this bottle from the distillery. I mean, I just um, took a sip of water and then took a sip of this afterwards, and it was like a completely different flavor profile. Yeah. So it's a, it, that's what it is. It's She's just trying to figure out who she is. She is. She's there. Yeah. She knows who she is, but she's trying to figure out what she wants. Yeah. Is she's what I, got it. We got to figure out right. what she wants. Um, this no, is can't sing that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was less than 15 seconds. I don't think we have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is done in what they call the Monongahela style. <laughs> say that in the mic. Mo. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Because I'm going to say it wrong. We actually write it out phonetically. Monongahela. I did say it right. Monongahela, which right. was a, a river, um, I believe, kind of starting in Pennsylvania. Um, that was a area where they produced a lot of rye whiskey. And the style is the malted rye. That is mm. the Monongahela style is to have malted rye. Rye whiskey is the traditional whiskey of the America, uh, Americas. Well, United States of yeah, America. The, col- the colonialization period. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so chief colonial, co- colonializer George Washington uh, <laughs> produced his own. Uh, we're going to get some emails for that one, I'm sure. He produced its own. Uh, um, uh, I'm not going back on that. That was No. For, yeah. well, that's a different podcast. But, uh, I know. We're, we're, we've got like six <laughs> other podcasts that we need um, to do with this. Yeah, he produced his own rye whiskey, is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. He had his own distillery, and um, so a lot of the traditional whiskeys of the of America was rye, and then eventually um, bourbon and such started to become predominant. Babon. Correct, yes. Babon. Babon. Babon, which is French for bourbon, which is the, the, the Babon, which was the French royalty, which we've actually covered before, and I'll cover again. And it's okay. I it's didn't know. So some nerd shit. I learned it's it. some nerd shit. We'll get into that. But we are now uh, only going to pronounce bourbon as bourbon uh, moving forward. You gotta fill your cheeks like a little chipmunk. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> can I can I add one quick thing too? Yes. I did I, as I'm reading the notes that I probably should read more often because they're <laughs> there for me to learn. Uh, I did notice that it says in the barrels there is roughly a 10% loss of existing volume per year due to evaporation. That's angel mm. share. share. Yes. You get 10%. Yes. That is a little bit more than what they're doing in Bourbon County, which is on average a seven. And if you're looking at angel share, so angel share what is, is yeah. uh, so when it's sitting in a barrel, a barrel is a living, breathing organism. Oh, wait. Okay. And so the, the alcohol that evaporates out of it is called the angel share. Because and that's what they get. In Scotland, you're looking at 3 to 4% because of climate. Mm-hmm. In Bourbon, you're looking at about 7 to 10%. And if you're looking in the Caribbean, the, the Caribbean, the Caribbean, you're looking at about 15% to oh 20%. Oh, my God. Does that mean that they're drunk bitches? <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. Uh, so with all of that said, mm-hmm. Marcus, is there anything that you would like to tell us about Tattersall in general? Or yourself? Or myself. Or that, you know? Well, it all started when I was a child. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I was separated from my mother. We're going to start our own podcast. My mother's womb. Uh, no, actually, <laughs> this is getting weird. I'm sorry. Uh, no, we, I mean, Tattersall really, um, I think what, what I really, really enjoy about working for Tattersall is not just my wonderful, wonderful colleagues. We all share a similar vision on cocktails and the industry. Um, it's just that we, we really like to be supportive of those in the industry, whether it's truthfully just with products or just as somebody who's been in the industry for 15 years, 
I like to be kind of a bartender focused person. And that's true. Yeah. So we, yeah, we just really want to create a product to, to be in the hands of bartenders. And then me personally, what I appreciate about Tattersall is that it allows me to kind of co-mingle and to associate and to support the brethren um, and the sister in and the whatever uh, gender you, you choose to identify as in um, fellow bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really what, what I appreciate most about our brand. And that's what I've gotten 100% is using Tattersall products and supporting Tattersall as a brand. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, well, the pleasure is mine. I definitely will walk away from here knowing what, first of all, Tattersall is. And two, I need to find myself some bootlegger because that shit lives in my brain rent free now. (laughs) So you're welcome. (laughs) We are all there. (laughs) Bootlegger is amazing. Uh, so with that said, uh, I want to thank our lovely guest host. Thanks thank for you. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks. I was in. I enjoy this. I'll do it again if you need me. All right. Yeah. I mean, dare I say, a regular host now? I mean, she's. Well, you haven't seen Severin yet. <laughs> That's so true. I don't you got to come back with Severin. That's not it. Before yes, you weigh right. in. But she, I mean, this was just amazing. I, I agree. I, I think we had a wonderful time. I'd like to say cheers. 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 Thank you. Help both for coming out and so with that said so let us know what you think what libation should we dive into next comment ask questions anything at all you can reach us at designated drinkers podcast at gmail.com instagram at the designated drinkers podcast on twitter we are drinkers podcast and our website it's almost up it should be by the time this comes out designated drinkers podcast.com for photos and today's booze cocktails articles and anything else that we've nerded out about. Thank you all there. Cheers. Cheers.